Hi, thank you all for joining me. Welcome to Tian Tehillim. Tonight's class is being sponsored as a schus for Tamar Bat Fortune Mazal, Matilda Mazal Tov Bat Rachel, Mazal Tov Bat Sol Shalamis. May Hashem continue to watch over them and their entire families, and they should only see good health and naches from everything that they do. Also, tonight's class is being sponsored as a refor shalema for Anonymous. Hashem knows who Anonymous is. May this person have a refor shalema bekarov. Okay, so tonight we're going to learn Parak Nandalid, chapter 54. But before I start, also I want to just um, explain to you, if you're not familiar, just in case you're not familiar with our Tian Tehillim classes that I give every week, Sunday night, on the phone, I just want to give you a little overview of how I give the class. So the class is going to be structured as follows. I'm going to have an overview of the parak, like a summary, a brief summary. Then we're going to go through the psukim and bring some beautiful commentaries um, with, you know, with, with the psukim. And then when the, and then when the parak is over, I, I bring out a lesson from the parak and I teach you a process to be able to actually bring that lesson into your life. And that's what we're going to be doing tonight as well. And I'm very excited. Okay, so parak Nundalid. Just as a brief overview, in this parak, David Amalek is hiding in a city called Ziph. Why is he hiding? He's hiding because Shal Hamalach is coming to kill him. And he wants to kill him. He's jealous of him. And the Zephim, the people who live in Ziph, although they're actually related, they're cousins of David, because they're from Shevi Yehuda, they betray David, and they go tell Shaul, who's looking to kill him, they tell him David's whereabouts. And they say very proudly, they march over to Shaul, and they say, Shaul, we know where David is. Come, we're going to go kill him for you, and we'll deliver him into your hands. So this parak is, that's the backdrop here. And David is really davening to Hashem to save him from this very dire situation that he's in in this parak. And we see and we, we, we learn in this parak of David's miraculous salvation. Interesting to note, in parak Chaf Gimel in Tehillim, where we talk about the gates of Mavis, David says that even when he's in the valley of the shadow of death, that he's not afraid because Hashem is with him, the Mepharshim lyrics explain that that was actually a place. That valley of the shadow of death, that gates of Mavis, is Ziph, is this place where David is hiding from Shaul. Okay, so after we go through these psukim, I want to, we're going to, we're going to zoom in, zone in on a specific part of David's tefillah to Hashem, and we're going to deduce a very important message from there, and I'm going to teach you a process about how we could achieve our goals and aspirations in the most effective way. Okay, so here we go. Perek Nundalid Pasuk Aleph Lamnatseach Beneginos Maskil David for the leader with instrumental music, a maskil of David. So Neginos, instruments. Interesting, right? David is in this terribly dangerous situation and he's bringing up the concept of music. In David's signature style, he's teaching us a very important lesson. And he's saying, never give up hope. Even when there's a sharp sword at your neck, don't despair. Don't give up hope. Hashem is taking care of you. And keep your hopes up. Keep your spirits up. Keep your trust up. And that's what's going to get you through. 
So he's alluding to the concept of music here to show us, use any tool at your disposal to lift your mood. He's showing us the importance of getting into a better mood, of feeling better, of being in better spirits, even in the most difficult situation, because that's ultimately what brings about the Yeshua, that, that trust and that happiness, even through the difficult times. Maskil the David. A maskil of David. What does maskil mean? Here, maskil means that this is like an instruction. This is a lesson. He's, David is giving this parak over to us as a lesson. And it's really an illustration. It's talking about this story, this, this miraculous salvation that we're going to read about that happens to him and Ziph. And he's bringing this story as an illustration to illustrate what to illustrate the idea that he lives by, to illustrate the idea, like we just said, about being happy and upbeat through difficult times and having bitachon and knowing that Hashem is going to save us and take care of us and do everything for our highest good. And that's really the message that he brings over and over and over and over again throughout the entire Sefer Tehillim. And he's saying here, Maskil, this Perek is a lesson, an instruction, and I'm giving you my personal story so that you should learn from it as well. Okay. When the Zephites came and told Sha'al, know that David is in hiding among us. Okay, so the Zephim, like we said, went proudly over to Sha'al to say, we know where David is and we're going we're gonna to kill him. Let's go kill him. Oh Hashem, deliver me by your name, by your power, vindicate me, judge me favorably. So the Medrash Shochar Tov explains, Elokim b'shemcha hoshieni, Hashem, deliver me by your name. He explains that what David is saying here is, he's saying, Hashem, if I was being persecuted by a an officer, then I can go complain to the chief officer to help me. If I was being persecuted by the chief officer of the king, I can go complain to the king. But I'm being persecuted by the king himself, by the emperor. So who am I supposed to complain to? Elokim b'shem chanshieni, only you. You're the only one who can help me here. Uvigvurascha sedineni, by your power, vindicate me. So the, the gvura that he's talking about here is the Torah. And David is saying, Hashem, in the Torah, you give a halacha and you tell us that if a slave comes to knock on your door to be for you to hide him because he's running away from his master, one is not allowed to deny him, to, 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 to then bring him to back to the master and say, no, you got to go back. One is not allowed to do that. So David is telling Hashem here, through your Torah, you tell us not to do this. And if a slave shouldn't be put into the hands of his master, Kavachomer me, who is a, a prince of the royal family of Yehuda, that you should take care of me. Elokim azina Oh Hashem, hear my prayer. Give ear to the words of my mouth. So this sounds redundant, right? Hear my prayer and listen to the sounds of my mouth. So what's going on here? And the answer is that Shema Tefilasi, is talking about that Hashem should hear me when I pray fervently from my heart. When I'm all on board with my prayer and my heart is on board with what I'm saying and I'm having total kavana, complete kavana, you should hear me. Hazina le'imrefi means, that part means, listen, Hashem, listen to the words of my prayer even when my heart is not 100% on board with what I'm saying to you or what I'm asking you. Even if I'm kind of split 
or what I'm trying to say or what I'm, from what I'm asking for. Just listen to the words of my mouth because that the words of my mouth are really what's expressing what my heart, what I really want my heart to get to. That's where I want to be. That's where I want my heart to catch up with. So hear the words of my mouth and and pay attention to that. So when does this happen in our life? And and really, this is the idea that I'm going to be focusing on, uh, you know, in this parak. This is the theme that I'm going to bring you a process on. This concept of getting our heart on board with our with what with our desires, with what we say we're wanting. And where where can we see this in our life? So just to give you an example, um, this past Shabbos, I was. Um, in the country with my sister and as we were leaving everyone was packing up and we we made ourselves a healthy breakfast and after a whole Shabbos of eating kakash and you know my sister looked at me and she said y'all this is going to be the week right we're, we're going on this diet together this week starting with this breakfast and I look at her and I had this like I just remember having this funny face on like but what about ice cream like, yeah, I want to go on a diet with you, but what about ice cream? Like, that's the problem here. Okay, so that's a perfect illustration of what I'm trying to say, right? A person has a goal. They want to get somewhere. They want to get to their desire. And I want to lose the weight, and I want to get to where I want to get to, but there's a part of me that's just not on board. There's a part of me that either has another desire pulling me in a different direction, like the ice cream, or there's a part of me that's fearful about something, like, for example, a person might want to get married, but maybe they have fears that are underlying. So you could see that things that take us away from being fully on board with our desires really, like, keep us stuck, and they don't allow us to progress to where we want to get to in life. Like, you know, and it's very obvious, it's very clear with the examples that I gave with the wanting to get married, you know, that fear is going to hold them back. And the ice cream is going to hold the person back, right? So what David is saying here is that Hashem, help me get on board, help, help you know, listen to my words and get the rest of me on board with it and help ease my path, even though there's that part of me that's, like, not so much on the same page as what I really want, as what I'm saying I want. So we're going to learn tonight that the best way to achieve what we want to achieve in life is when we when we have both, when we have the heart and we have the what, we're, what we want, all together in one, when we're completely united, every part of us is united in what we want, that's how we get to where we want to go. Ain't of our omeid b'fnei right? There's nothing that we're not going to do when we really want something with our whole heart. So we're going to get to this. We're going to give a, a great process of, you know, that really is going to explain how to do this in a step-by-step way when we finish the psukim. Kizarim kamu bikshunafshi losamu elokim For strangers have risen against me and ruthless men seek my life. They are not mindful of Hashem. So what is he saying here? Zarim, the strangers that are coming against me, he's saying are his cousins, the Zifim, who are trying to hurt him. You know, they're supposed to be his cousins, but he's emphasizing here they're strangers, right? They're acting like Zarim. They're acting like strangers. And lo samuel kim lenegdam. He's saying about them that they don't put Hashem in front of them. That they don't have Hashem in their minds. They're not living by the dictum of shivisi Hashem lenegdi summit. They're not living, they're doing, making this choice to come kill me. They're not doing it l'shem shamayim. They're doing it for their own personal selfish gain. They're doing it so they could score brownie points with the king. And, you know, 
this is an idea that we learned from nursery school. We learned this concept of Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Summit. We have to put Hashem in our minds. Why do we have to work so hard to keep Him in our minds? Because He's not visible. We can't see Him, feel Him, touch Him. And Hashem does that on purpose. He wants to give us this Bechira. Are you going to ignore me and do whatever your heart desires? Or are you going to be able to have the strength and the and the willpower and the focus to artificially place me into your mind, to feel like I'm right in front of your nose at all times? And that's where the schar is. Hashem wants to give us that schar. He wants us to make that choice that we're going to do it and not that He's going to make it obvious that we could see Hashem because who would ever do a sin, right? We would never commit a sin. It would be so easy. There would be no yetahara if we saw Hashem right in front of us. Just like you wouldn't commit a sin in front of a human being because you could see them. So Hashem is telling us we have to really envision Him in front of, Mamash, right in front of us and that's what protects us from, you know, from doing things for the wrong reasons. Hine Elokim Ozerli Hashem Bisomche Nafshi. See, Hashem is my helper, Hashem is my support. So David is declaring here his recognition and the fact that what, what happened here in Ziph, what ends up happening is an unbelievable miracle. David is stuck there in the valley of this mountain. And he's completely surrounded by these people who are coming to kill him. And there seems to be no way out. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he nay, right? He nay Elohim Ozerli. Behold, Hashem comes to save me. What did Hashem do? He sent a messenger to Shaul to tell him, Shaul, your land is being invaded by Plishtim. You're needed, right? We got to go. We got to go fight off the Plishtim. And just automatically, everybody disperses and the whole thing is over, Right? Out of the blue, the whole thing is up. The gig is up. Unbelievable. And Rashi says that this messenger is a malach mamish. The messenger is a malach that Hashem sent, an angel from heaven, to come save David HaMalach. Yashiv hara l'shorarai ba'mitcha hatzmisim. He will repay the evil of my watchful foes by your faithfulness. Destroy them. David is saying here, Hashem, take Nakama on my enemies. Return to them. Yashuv, return to them whatever they did to me. Then I will offer you a free will sacrifice. I will praise your name, Hashem, for it is good. Okay, so he's saying at the end of all this, I'm in this dangerous situation, but I know, I know you're going to do a great miracle for me, and I know I'm going to be saved. And I'm thanking you in advance. And how does he know this? Kimi how does David know? He always speaks in, like we also the last parak that we did, he's always speaking in in future. Like in the future, I know I'm going to praise you, Hashem. Right? How does he know? I will bring you a sacrifice. I will thank you. How does he know? Look at the net last pasuk and you'll see the answer. Because Hashem, you, you saved me from every tzara that I had up till now. And I saw it. I saw that, that you saved me with my own eyes. I paid attention to it. I came back for more. How many times did David win wars? He was constantly winning over his enemies. Even when it seemed impossible. So... You know, David is really pay, he pays attention to his life, and he could have very easily ignored the times that he was saved and chalked it up to good luck. He could have just said, "Yeah, 
I was lucky, I'm strong, whatever, right? But he didn't. He chose to use it, use those those pieces of evidence as evidence, use those moments as evidence that Hashem is watching over him and giving him Ashkach pratis. To give you a personal example of something that I recently noticed and, you know, just an unbelievable thing. I was walking home. I was on a very long walk. My shoes were not sneakers. They were very comfortable, though, but they weren't sneakers. And on my way home from this very, 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 very long walk, um, I it occurred to me that, like, my feet might start hurting soon. Like, I'm so grateful that so far my feet aren't killing me. My feet usually hurt me when I walk for so long and not such com- you know, and not without wearing sneakers. And just... A minute later, sure enough, right, I start feeling that blister developing on the back of my heel. And I'm like, Shrek, I still have 20 minutes to walk to get home. What am I going to do now? I know I know people in the neighborhood, but it's smack in the middle of the day. And who's just going to be passing by right now? And sure enough, literally, as I'm thinking this exact thought, my neighbor is driving by and she slows down to say hello. And I, and she asks me, y'all, do you need a ride? And I get into her car and I'm like, this is unbelievable. I'm blown away. I'm just blown away. And I try to live my life blown away in that way. I try to constantly be seeing these things. And when we see this hashkafa practice in our life, it just tends to keep happening and happening and happening. We see more and more of it. And the whole, it, it's a life changer because our energy in life becomes so full of gratitude and happiness and trust. And it attracts more situations to give us even more of those feelings. So it's really an unbelievable, um, you know, way to live. And I always give a, you know, I say a few times in my Tehillim classes, and I just want to, I'm going to repeat it again. If there's one thing anyone gets from any of my Tehillim classes, this is what I want it to be, to pay attention to the evidence that Hashem is in your life. And that's what strengthens you. And that's what gives you a happy life, no matter what's going on. So you want to always have like that list, that notebook. If you're always with your phone, have it in a note in your phone. Anything that's easy to get to. Have a running note, a running list called evidence where you write down everything that happens that just worked out just so. And you make that decision that I'm not going to just ignore it anymore. I'm going to pay attention and I'm going to write it down. And if you ever get into it, the beauty of this is that if... When you get into this place, you live a happier life. But if you ever get into a bad mood, you just go to that list and write down another 10 things. If you're in a really bad mood, write down another 20 things. If you're in a deep depression, a 100 things. I challenge you to stay in a bad mood while you're becoming more and more and more grateful and while you're seeing more and more chesed in your life. It's not simple. Okay. So we finished the psukim, and I just, just to summarize, we said that David was in dire straits, heading towards certain death. Yet, he's able to be in this positive mindset and not give up hope. And as he davens, he acknowledges that the words that he's saying may not mirror what's going on in his heart, and that Hashem should take it anyways. So we, we, and we explained that we want, when we want something in our life, we're more likely to get it if our heart is also on board. Like we said, Ein Davaro made Bifnei Aratzon, and when a person wants to go somewhere, Hashem guides him. Right? Hashem takes him to where he wants to go if that's where he wants to go. But if we're split on it, and there's a part of us that's holding us back for some reason, we will likely end up finding ourselves in nowheresville. It's hard to get anywhere when we don't really want something, right? And we gave examples of that. So how can we deal with these parts of us that might be getting in the way from us achieving our goals? So I want to give you a three-step process 
Um, you probably would need a pen and paper to do this. It requires a little bit of time, but it's it's really life-changing. So the first thing you want to do, obviously, is to identify what area of your life you're feeling stuck in. What's the problem? Where are you stuck? Where are you not getting places? Right? Is it your diet? Is it shaduchim? Is it children? Is it parnasa? Which area of your life are you stuck? The second thing you're going to do is you're going to ask yourself the question, what could be blocking me from wanting this all the way? What part of me is not on board with this desire? Which part of me could be possibly holding me back? So you want to identify what those things are. And sometimes they're super obvious and they just pop into your head right away. Oh, yeah, because I'm scared if I do this, then that's going to happen. Or I can't be on a diet because I need ice cream or, or I'm, whatever it is, right? Sometimes it's very, very obvious and I'll give more examples soon. And sometimes, right, we really just like need to go into this meditative state where we ask ourselves, you know, what is going on? Ask your, you know, and I gave a meditation we did in one of the previous classes recently. I walked everyone through a meditation and that's exactly what the meditation was for, to get in touch with these subconscious things that could be holding us back from getting where we want to go in life. So you're welcome to check out my website, yalbertram.com on the TN Talent page and you could find there my meditation or you could contact me from my website to ask me and I'll send it to you. Um, but that is very helpful. But if you're not going to do the meditation even, just those conscious things that are just clear. Sometimes you just need to ask yourself the question and you'll get those answers. What's blocking me from getting on board? And the third thing that you want to do is you want to now decide to tackle one of these elements at a time. And you start with the first one. And with every element that you're going to tackle, you're going to ask yourself the following question. You're going to say, what would I need to do in order to get past this blockage? What would I need to do to get past it? And when you put the question out, you will get answers. You'll see. If you really put that question out there, you'll get the right answers. So, for example, if I want to bypass the blockage of the ice cream, right, so that I could lose that weight, what would I need to do? Maybe I would need to incorporate ice cream into my diet plan, right? Maybe low-fat ice cream, but maybe I would need to create a, a, a time in every day where I have a portion-controlled bit of ice cream. Or maybe twice a week um, I could have it. Or maybe find something I like doing better. Yeah, I don't know. That's going to be tough, but find something that I like doing, you know, just as much or almost as much to treat myself instead of that. Um, another example, if I want to make peace with someone, let's say, let's say a person wants to make peace with someone in their family, but they're not 100% feeling that way because they're worried. Like, if I get close to this person again, I'm going to be hurt again, right? The same reason why I got into a fight or I stopped talking to them or whatever it is, is why I don't want, I'm scared to get back with them. I want to make peace. I want to do the right thing. But what if I get hurt, right? So a person might, for example, a person, so the person's going to ask themselves, what can I do to get past this blockage of that fear that I'm going to get hurt? And the answer might be, well, maybe I need to look into my own life and ask myself, you know, what, what am I scared of? That they're going to say something about, you know, what, what in those areas that they're going to criticize me or hurt me on, let me decide that I'm going to get so strong, so stark in the way I feel about myself in those areas that no one's going to be able to affect me. No one's going to, I'm not even going to be hurt by them because I'm going to be so confident in myself. And if you're so confident in yourself, they won't be able to get to you on it. So you can use it. You could say, I'm going to use it to help me grow. Or you could say, I'm going to go back into the relationship 
but I need to set boundaries and I need to make rules and guidelines first. Or you can make a plan. What am I going to do if I get hurt? How am I going to handle it, right? What would I need to get past this fear? Another example, like we said about, um, we, I think we said a person might have a fear of getting married. Maybe my freedom will get taken away, right? Maybe the freedom issue is the blockage. Like, I don't want to lose my freedom. So what they would ask, what would I need? What would I need to bypass that blockage? And maybe they would need to start paying attention to people who are married, who are very free, and they seem to be able to co come and do whatever they want, even in the context of their marriage. Maybe they need to go talk to a coach or, or a therapist and work out this issue, whatever it is. But now you all have a way to figure out what the blockage is and be able to start moving past it. The second idea I want to bring to you tonight is really a continuation of my first idea. And I just want to say that very often, what the biggest blockage, you know, a, a big, a big one, basically, could be that a person will say, it's just not possible, right? I might want a million dollars. I might want to get out of a dead end job, but it's just not possible, right? I just, it's impossible. It's unrealistic, right? Unrealistic. So what happens, right? When we're too realistic, what happens? We shut ourselves off. And we forget this this concept of that we read in Parak Koflamid in that famous Parak of Tehillim of Vaharbei Imo Fedus that Hashem has many ways of redeeming ourselves. Right? We can't look at the world through human lenses. We can't be so realistic because we're limiting God, and God could do anything. So just you know, and I always say, say those words to yourself when you're in, when you're stuck, and you feel like there's no way out of this tunnel. I don't see a light. It's impossible for me to get out of here. Harbei ibofados. Hashem has many, not one, many ways to get you out of that situation, and you've had that happen to you many times in your life if you pay attention to it. So the mantra that I want to leave you with tonight um, is is a mantra that I say to myself, and that really helps. And the mantra is, for Hashem, it's easy. For Hashem, it's easy. We can't look at the world through our human lenses. We have to open up to ourselves all the possibilities out there, and that will really help us get our heart on board with what we want, which will help us get to our goals and aspirations in our life. So just to review we gave a process with three steps to become mindful of what's blocking us from achieving what we want. What do I want? It was number one. Number two, what's blocking me from that? And number three, what would I need to bypass that blockage? And one powerful way of bypassing that blockage, like we just said, is to say, for Hashem, it's easy. And to remember, Hashem has many ways of getting you out. And you don't always have to be so realistic. So I love getting everyone's comments and questions through my website. So please feel free to reach out to me. I would love to hear from you, yalbertram.com. And I hope that you're all going to go home and practice these powerful tools. And thank you for listening.